Well, Chris, it's that time of the year again. We've made it a full year, and now it's time for your favorite subject matter, Don. You mean the time? As every year, I just dig deeper and deeper to find more American Pokemon to talk about for the fourth. <laughs> you always keep finding them. You might run out at some point, but we've got a whole bunch. I'm going to have to start like stretching hard after this year. I think it's getting to be tougher. We'll have like one episode. That's just like one, one mod. <laughs> just a jerk. Like, there's birds. Look at all these bird things. Some of those are might be here. I also said that it's your favorite topic, but I say that a lot because every time we do a fish episode, I say it's your favorite topic. I have a lot of favorite topics. I mean, I like, I really, as a person from America, I really have a big, like, soft spot in my heart for our native creatures. Mm -hmm. So it's up up there. I mean, in every fish episode, the crab episode, several snake episodes, I have a lot of favorite episodes. Yeah. It's been, we've had some good ones for you this year. It's been a good time. It's been a good year for Don. Well... Everyone, welcome again to another episode of Pokey Science. As always, it is Chris and Don here. We're bringing you an episode themed for your 4th of July weekend to uh, bring a little bit more awareness to some of the creatures around North America. Uh, Don has been working very hard to put this episode together, uh, and I'm excited for you all to hear what he's all got. So, Don, do, should we just get right into it, jump into the news? Yeah, let's get right to the news. Well, in science news, Don, you sent me an absolutely wild story. So why don't you tell me about these these space squids? As of this is, I think it was like the twenty third of June, or so relatively recently. Um, there are one hundred and twenty eight baby Hawaiian bobtail squid. Um, actually, were just sent into orbit on a SpaceX resupply mission to the ISF, ISS. Um, and they're doing this to see if maybe we can figure out how squid cope with space travel and zero gravity in order to help some uh, human health problems faced by astronauts. This is astronauts spend like more and more time in space. Their immune systems get like sort of out of whack due to the um, as lack of gravity or difference in gravity. So the um, your immune systems don't recognize like problematic bacteria or good bacteria as easily. So they might start lashing out at good stuff and ignoring bad stuff. That's not that's not good. <laughs> That's just on, you know, like Earth orbit kind of stuff. So if you're looking at, you know, on the moon or Mars or onwards, that'd be a real problem. Is there have. a reason they're doing it with squids? Yeah. So basically we found that um, the symbiosis of humans with their microbes and microbiomes are messed with um, by zero gravity. And it's the same in squid. Uh, but um, squid's immune system is very simple. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to um, sort of see like the most base, I guess. Um, easier to see what's going kinda, on. Yeah, break it down, just kind of strip a lot of layers away. The human immune system is a lot more complex. Mm -hmm. And um, the squid have a very quick generation time. So that because they grow very quickly, we can see how that works on like a growing and developing immune system. Mm -hmm. They only get, uh, they're also very small. They're actually a lot smaller than I thought they were. They're about seven centimeters. Oh, that's teeny tiny. Yes. And they only live like a few months in the wild. Mm -hmm. So the like I said, the generation times very quickly. So you can see multiple generations of squid. Yeah. Um, and how they develop in zero gravity. Man, I never thought squids would beat me to space. I'm just saying, didn't the thing have tentacles in its first form? I just, you got to watch these things. Yeah. You don't know what's going to... This is how movies start. Send squids to space, then then cosmic rays, and then shape-shifting. There's the thing with the geckos a while ago that they sent to space, too. So I think there's going to be some sort of alliance. I'm imagining a squid now in like a little suit with like little rockets on it so you can like squid around in space. This is the least, least science-y si part of science news I think ever. It could happen. Anyway, um, do you have some Pokemon news? Uh, I do have some Pokemon news. So tied in with this episode, I think it'll, it'll already have happened. It's July 1st, so I guess that's Thursday. Um, but we have, we've been having a wonderful Bidoof event in Pokemon Go Dawn. We've had some Bidoof spawn with special moves, uh, so they've learned Shadow Ball, Ice Beam, Thunderbolt, Superpower. I think I think on July first on Bidoof Day it'll learn Superpower. I think all of these are moves that Bidoof naturally learns in the games as well. Because it I just knows, got like, a Thunderbolt one. It knows like everything. Yeah, right? it has. Yes, just about. It's. Would you say it's eager to learn? Uh, I, I think apparently because it's, 
learning just about every damn move there is in the game. Uh, was that it? Was question? Was that intentional? Oh, it was not. <laughs> I just realized. I thought. I, I, thought I was. I was making an eager beaver <laughs> reference, and I thought you just went nine hundred levels deep right there with that. I was really impressed. I I I cannot take credit. I my subconscious can take credit for that. But uh, the uh, I you can get a Bidoof hat, Don, if you complete the special research. I would like a. I might have to do it. I kind of like Bidoof. I wonder if it's gonna be like, like the Magikarp hat, where it's just like the Bidoof mouth on your head, or if they're gonna like Davy Crockett it. <laughs> I yeah, I want eighteen hundreds fur trap or beaver hat. Um, <laughs> uh, but you can also get a shiny Bidoof. I have not been so blessed. I am personally not the biggest shiny Bidoof enthusiast. Is 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 Biberol better? The answer is no. It's okay. almost not noticeable, actually. It's like its nose is like a little more purple. Maybe this is terrible. Well, we're also getting a a, a Bidoof cup. Two Bidoof enter, one Bidoof leaves. <laughs> oh, six Bidoof enter. Technically, somewhere between one and six Bidoof leave. <laughs> I just, it, they're gonna all, have, but it's because they're normal. It, every single one's gonna have superpower, and it's just I was gonna, gonna say, it's the, won't they just all have superpower? Oh, it's just gonna be all these Bidoofs just chucking superpowers at each other. It sounds wonderful. I oh. hope they stream it. Oh my god, that would be so awesome. You get a Shadow Bidoof in there for like, amped up. Yes. Can you use Shadow Pokemon for battling or no? Uh, you can. Typically, uh, a lot of times it's either the super spammy ones that use like Weather Ball or the ones that have really hard-hitting fast moves like Charm or Razor Leaf. Understood. Do you either want to be real quick or you want to deal a lot of damage? Because your Glassy is all heck. Understood. I gotcha. Oh, so Bidoof Cup is only available on Bidoof Day, July 1st. Oh, it's a single day of yeah, absolute battle royale. Of just superpower Bidoofs. Well, for anyone who is listening now, I hope you had fun battling your beavers against other beavers. Yes. It'll be a damn good time. We're also, we're only a couple weeks away from GoFest. We've talked about GoFest before. Um, oh, but we have our July uh, Community Day. Yes. Is that not Bidoof? No, 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 that's this weekend. It's Tepic. Oh, is it? We are finally getting a... I think Shadi Inbor actually is kind of, like, not terrible, right? Yeah, Lucas was just talking about it in that the uh, in the starter episode he did. Uh, but it's got, like, the blue flames. Oh, I quite like it, actually. It's better than I remembered it being. Yeah, so it'll be that, and then, like all the other fire starters, it's going to be getting uh, Blast Burn. Blast so- Burn. Doesn't really help because uh, Embor doesn't have the best fast moves for battling, but right because uh, like those that's a big up charge moves. You want to have a little quick moves to charge it up. Yeah, well, works. it's yeah. it's just like I think it I think it is like Ember and low sweep, and low sweeps is awful. And Ember's pretty slow. It's okay. It it's okay. It's it's okay. The fire move you want is fire spin. Okay. Fire spin is it? Fire spin or incinerate. Um, those are probably the two most common fire fast moves. No, that so they've got that coming up. Which again, I just like. Uh, or I I just want the blue pig. I always liked to. I always liked Embor. I wish it was better, <laughs> quite frankly. But uh, I'll also go out and I'll catch my usual shinies and all that. But then it was the, also the last guard of the the firefighting meme. Oh yeah, that's right. It's it's got a cool move pool, doesn't it? It's got like head smash and all this stuff in the games too. I like Embor. And then after Embor, then we only have Oshawott. They've dragged these starters out for way longer than they should have. So we just need Oshawott after that. But then the the other bit of Pokemon news, Don, uh, is with the the trading cards. So one is they have a new Celebrations expansion coming out. Okay. For like the 25th anniversary stuff, it's just more right, more branded stuff. Uh, but some of but they are doing special cards in the style of past generations oh that's kind of fun so there's like i think it's like dragapult prime so it's like um it's not like where they re-release sort of the og cards they're doing new cards new cards in the style of old cards interesting i like it and not not all the cards it's only like special ones that that are getting that treatment but there i think there's maybe like 6 or 7 i think i saw um in one of the in the ultra premium box so the most expensive one it says that you're going to get pikachu and charizard metal cards which makes me think of those like the old burger king 
Oh, I was about like the Delta. Oh, the metal cards, like that kind of metal. I thought you just been like metal type, but it's about the Delta species ones. I so it could be that. I don't know. Not a lot of info, but I just I really wanted to, because it's part of like the big set. I want it to be like the Burger King ones. I still I still have a Poly. Oh no, I have a, my Jigglypuff one. Let's see. We have oh, so there's gonna be a um, a Mimikyu Delta species card. Oh, that's cool. And uh, like, gonna bring uh, back like the team Aqua, team whatever's, or like the um the jungles and all that. That I don't know. Oh, they have Lance's Charizard and Dark Sylveon. Those are those are two collections that you can get. But they are adding in a Pikachu. One of the collections has a Pikachu V Union card, which that's the other bit of TCG news. Which we know that the next big change in uh format is the introduction of Union cards. I don't know how to feel about it, but basically it's one card that's made up of four cards. It's hyper powerful, ton of HP. You basically have to get all four into your discard pile to then bring it back onto your bench to use. And they and they each is like, imagine like you take like a big picture and divide it into fours. So each card is a different part of the big card. And they look cool. I'm not sure how it'll go. So we'll have to see, but they, I think it's like Mewtwo, I think it's Mewtwo, Greninja, Greninja, Mewtwo, and Zacian. Sweet. And then we'll get the promo Pikachu one. The Zacian one looks awesome, uh, quite frankly. I'll put it, I'll put it in the chat for you. But those are the upcoming, upcoming releases in Pokemon. I don't think there's any raids or whatever in Sword and Shield. We haven't really gotten a video game update since the last Nintendo Direct, but we'll get something. We'll have to get something soon because we're coming up on Diamond and Pearl. Uh, well, I guess now we're done with the news, Don. So why don't we just jump on in with some of these wonderful little critters that you want to talk about? Absolutely. Well, why don't you hit us with with everyone's favorite beaver, aka the beaver. All, yeah, I was the only. Well, there's I guess there's two, but they're kind yeah. of the same. Yeah. All right, so we have in in um the game added in. I believe it was Unova, quite fittingly. I think it was Gen Four. It was Gen Four. You're right. So not Unova. Should have been yeah. Unova, but it wasn't. We have uh everyone's favorites, uh Bidoof and Bibberal. I we we keep saying things so differently because I always say Bidoof. I think it's Bidoof. I don't know why I say Bidoof, but I do. Well, it's okay. twice twice the doof. Well, it is also binacle. That's because there's two though. That makes yeah. sense. Bidoof might make more sense. And then I say Bibberal. Who knows? Yeah, it might be. We'll, we'll figure this out. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll ask a friend of mine who does commentary, so he'll know. They give him stuff. All right, well, now that I've completely derailed you on the first thing. Anyway, so it, they're beavers, all right? So there are two. Um, so you got the North American beaver. Mm-hmm. They're actually the second largest rodent. They get actually get really big. Um, so there's capybaras, number one. Mm-hmm. But beavers are a front runner. Is I mean, they're second place. But I think 60 pounds is like a pretty good size average like a big average beaver yeah and i believe the record is like around 110 pounds yeah the i've, I've seen like they're like an average area like be, uh, being around like 70 yeah that's a pretty pretty good size one yeah i think so at least i, mean, I think farther north the good old bergman's principle you know the farther north you go the the larger most mammals get i believe mm. like the northern beavers like if you go up to say alberta canada um also beavers have a very impressive range actually um they go pretty much throughout the entire country. I'm um, only a little bit in the Florida, but pretty much every state has beavers. Also up into most of Canada and like the tippity top of Mexico. So they have a pretty wide range. Oh yeah. Um and they're a very ad- I mean they're a very adaptable animal. They um hmm. I've heard before that no animal outside of humans manipulates their environment to the degree a beaver does. And like, you know, one of the main things with beavers is one, they chew down trees. They have a fun paddle tail. And they build dams. They're kind of the three main like beaver facts. I feel like people think about. That's that's what they they're here to chew wood and build dams. Yep. And eventually, I guess they run out of wood because they built so much dam. But so a beaver can fell a tree about like a six inch tree in about an hour, which is pretty quick. Honestly, I feel like that's not like a, a small tree if it's a six inch diameter tree. That's a decent little tree, especially when you think of how teeny tiny that beaver is. Yeah, yeah. Well, they work in a very efficient way. Like, there's plenty of videos. They kind of cut, 
they honestly at two 45 degree angles, like you would cut with an ax mm. all the way around the tree. Um, and they mainly use trees. They don't really eat wood. They mainly use them, um, them for building. Mm-hmm. They will chew and gnaw as well, being rodents. They've got to keep those front teeth down. Mm-hmm. And they will eat like new shoots, though, off the wood or some fresh leaves, or it's like little little greens starting to grow out. But they don't just eat. They don't mainly eat bark. Um, they really like water lilies, like the roots of those. They'll go after. Um, they go on land as well and eat just like fruits and stuff. If they you know there's some some food on the ground. Um, they're pretty, um, pretty adaptable little guys or not so little guys, but they'll build, um, and so they've done studies and it looks like the sound of flowing water is what stimulates the dam building behavior mm-hmm. because beavers that live in, um, like lakes won't necessarily build the dam. They'll build a lodge still. So just sort of a place where they can rest and raise their, raise their young, which yeah. they will use those over uh, multiple generations. Like the largest beaver dam is, um, like half a mile long up in Canada, half a mile half a mile long that is impressive for them yeah i think they think it dates back to the early 70s maybe older Mm -hmm. it was i think it was only discovered in like the mid 2000s because it's like way up there in the forest yeah but um beavers played a key role too in like the the foundation and shaping of america or the united states and i guess and also canada the fur trade in the 16 1800s was huge Mm -hmm. and beaver fur is um very 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 rich they can have up to twenty three thousand hairs per square centimeter Mm. So it's a, it's very like very luxurious, very insulating, and um, beaver fur was used to make felt hats, which were very popular over in Europe. So the fur trade was like a huge booming industry, and it really shaped some like uh, like Detroit, St. Louis, and New Orleans were all um like partially formed due to like fur trading posts. Um, the Great Lakes re- region was like a hotbed of um expansion and stuff. The fr- it was one of the like the beaver trade and disputes along that was one of the main causes of like the french and indian war yeah um and it shaped a lot of trade agreements with native americans and various europeans and between europeans um there was kind of a crash once um late 1800s felt sort of fell by the wayside and silk got much more popular i guess for hats Mm. and that was sort of the end of like the great beaver mountain man era yeah so what time frame was that like when 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 what you said the end um, I, it was like the late 1800s. Okay. I will complain really quick though um, okay. about the revenant. <laughs> okay. Because I can because really, well they were tra- they were trapping beavers in the revenant, mm-hmm. but um the revenant I believe took place in like North Dakota. Yeah. Not like the Pacific Northwest because there's actually a, there's a lot of beavers in the Midwest and in the north and in the that part of the West like Montana and all that. Yeah. Um, hotbeds for like the mountain man rendezvous. Everyone brings their beaver furs down. A lot of cities out that way were founded as a byproduct of the beaver trapping industry. Well, uh, you you talked about the beavers building the dams, but I, I, I didn't necessarily hear it, but why, why do they build dams? What is their purpose? So they basically beavers want to have like a decent open body of water so they can kind of move and typically into their timber to cut the trees which they like to have on the water's edge just for their own security mm-hmm. um you know if you're a beaver and you can duck underwater and not have to walk you know a few hundred yards back to your pond it's just a lot safer for you to mm-hmm. swim they're much faster swimming than they are walking yeah and, um, the dams are very they do it like the dams still let water through they don't mm-hmm. typically solidly flood so there's um trying to think, i guess like they don't they typically don't over flood their surroundings if that makes sense at yeah. least especially in, like the areas where they're native to one of the more impressive things they've found is like beavers are a really key role in habitat development, especially in drier areas. Mm-hmm. Like in some of the like Western states, when beavers are returned to an area that has like just natural streams, um, 160% more open water is available during droughts during years when there's no beavers. So they create a ton of um, habitat. They're definitely a keystone species. They create a ton of habitat and water opportunities for like a host of other animals. Is there... Are there other animals that impact their surroundings as much as beavers, more than beavers? Other than humans, I don't think so. Um, I, I personally can't think of anything that on the sheer scale mm-hmm. um, that beavers will make. And they'll actually, beavers will actually as well, um, if they have like a, say a lodge or they have like two ponds separated from their dams, they'll actually dig canals between the two ponds so they can swim between them. Oh, that's very industrious of them. Yes. Um, they're... Their dams are very, or their um, their lodges are very impressive as well. They'll the way they'll dig their holes in and out to like stimulate airflow. They normally have a couple, 
sort of escape bolt holes that's very well engineered. But all other things, so beavers, um, they typically make very short dives, like 30 seconds or two. They're kind of, because they're mainly in their lodge or chopping down trees or sort of swimming about. They don't, and if they are feeding on aquatic vegetation, which they do, it's normally down and up. They don't eat down there. Mm-hmm. So normally they're, but a beaver can, beaver can hold its breath for up to 15 minutes. That's which is pretty impressive. impressive. Yeah. So if you look at a beaver's body, it's a tiny head and just a massive torso. Mm-hmm. So they have very large lungs. Um, a bee, they can replace like 75% of the oxygen in their lungs in one breath. Like what? what's the human efficiency com- compared? I think it's like 15%. Yeah. So they got us beat. Maybe more if you're doing some deep breathing, but I think on average, yeah, they're, they're in a pretty good spot. Um, and they'll operate under the ice as well. They'll keep passage under, under the ice clear in the winter to get out to where they need to go eat mm-hmm. because they do not hibernate. Mm. So you were talking about the fur trading. What is it about the beaver's fur that made it ideal? So initially, I think a lot of it was just the beaver fur is a very, like, it's a very, have you ever felt like beaver fur? Honestly, no. Okay. So like I said, it's, it's very, very like the fur, the density, it's very dense and very mm-hmm. heavy. So um, it's very insulating and it's resistant to water mm-hmm. as you would expect being attached to a beaver. It's incredibly insulated. Like I said they'll swim under the ice in the winter. They don't hibernate, so it's got to be very insulating, mm-hmm. especially their winter coat. Um, but the a lot of the, like the outer part of the beaver fur you see are what's called the guard hairs, which are longer mm-hmm. and a lot coarser. And then the under it's the really fine, like the undercoat, which was then treated with. Um, I honestly don't know how exactly felt. Because I know I think it was with with voles, their fur or moles, their fur was wanted because it. It it rested in both in all directions. Yes, I believe that's um yes that's it's beaver fur is similar. It's um it can be combed in a variety of shapes, mm. and it's the under hairs. So the hel- the felt it's the under hairs are shaped from the pelt, and then they're mixed with a vibrating hatter's bow, which I assume is some sort of hat making tool. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fabrics then pummeled and boiled repeatedly, and then um, eventually turns into felt. So it's the hairs are taken off, and then beat together and shaped in various ways gotcha so the felt hat is not like the skin of the beaver done in some way it's the fur itself yeah gotcha well the the only question i have left about beavers don is what can you tell me about their teeth so beavers have some pretty pretty crazy teeth i mean if you if you look at a picture of like a beaver skull it's you see how far up their teeth really go um they're incredibly sharp and they're like like most rodents, or I think all rodents, their teeth don't um, ever stop growing, so they have to gnaw. Um, I mean, fortunately for them, they chew lots of good stuff. Mm. Um, and one cool thing with their teeth, if you've ever seen beaver, you know, their teeth are very orange, like they're yeah. very yellow. Yeah, they're yeah. not even yellow; they're like a rich orange color. Mm-hmm. And they get that. Um, they their bodies sequester the iron in their diet, and it forms like a protective coating of enamel. It's like rich in iron on their teeth. Mm. So it helps them stay tougher and sharper. Like how much iron are we talking? It's enough to, to discolor and make them like some nice. Well, the fur trap. I don't think I don't think the fur trappers use big magnets, so they couldn't have been too much iron, <laughs> which would have been kind of crazy. So other rodents have magnesium in their tooth enamel, but beavers have iron. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all they've also found that it makes them more resistant to us uh, like acidity. Yeah, which um can be common in like tree sap. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense, especially like oak and stuff like that. I'm trying to see if there's an exact – I can't find an exact percentage for iron and beaver teeth. Well, I guess if someone were to have like a pet beaver and they tried to take it through like airport security, would it set off the metal? Detector? I think it might set off concerns due to it's a beaver, but I can't speak <laughs> to the – There's a video on YouTube of someone with a pet beaver and he is adorable. Um, and he seems very friendly and he builds little dams out of toys. I don't think I realized how orange these teeth were. Yeah, but then they go on to say in that video that he's caused like $15,000 worth of damage to their home. Oh, that's not good. So, I mean, you take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah. Now, Bibberal, mm. um, to shift to the Pokemon, is honestly, I'm really impressed um, not with it as a Pokemon, even though I actually do like it. Um, simple and underwear, I feel like don't really do it justice. Beavers, um, I think they're not a very simple animal. I think they're pretty crafty and intelligent. They yeah. do a good job I mean, building. You have stuff. to do to, to to build dams like they do. Also, when they when they carry mud because they use mud as well as like a cement tool, and they carry it, they use it in their front paws, and then they tuck it under their chin, and they walk around on their back feet with it. It's really very cute. They're just so resourceful. They are very resourceful. Um, but 
So height, so length, I guess, because he's kind of more – he sits up. Beaver, he kind of sits on his butt. I don't think beavers really do that. They sort of haunch over kind of. Yeah. Um, but three feet, that's about – that's a good-sized beaver. Mm. Um, weight? It's about 70 pounds. About yeah. 70 pounds. 31 kilograms, which I shouldn't even say because this is America's episode. But that's 31 kilos for our non-American friends and listeners. But yeah, it's honestly, they talk about how it's slow on land, quick in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokédex entries, while its movements are out of water or sluggish, it can swim as fast as any Feebass. I don't know how fast Feebass is. But um, other than that, it talks about how it makes its nest with stacks of branches and roots that it cuts with its teeth. It is uh, makes its nest by damming streams with bark and mud, not too far off, is known as an industrious worker. Um, so yeah, I think it's um I think it's a pretty faithful faithful translation of the game actually stats are about the same as an actual beaver for reference phoebus's speed is base 80 that's pretty quick he's got swift swim he's probably pretty speedy well okay so you brought up swift swim i have two issues with with bibero and in the the lack of something one i feel like it should get swift swim especially if it's as fast as phoebus and phoebus has it that's true but i think it should have sap sipper that's yes i would agree it's a good candidate for sap sipper it's already got moody which they took away the evasion boost though which i mean think of that what you will which means the memes of Bidoof soloing soloing a team of like cover legendaries are probably a thing of the past now but but beavers are able to digest cellulose yes uh, I mean, they have to for all the <laughs> for all the yeah because they they do eat they do eat wood in the wood shavings yeah like, i don't want to imply that they don't yeah no, but yeah, so they need to be able to digest cellulose. So I feel like, like that one in particular, like the simple and unaware and, and moody, like I feel like you could lose any of those and give it sap zipper and it would be like the perfect little beaver mon. Yeah, and they do give them, it does give them a few things. It gives them rototiller, which sort of I feel like is kind of a nod to beaver and it does get superpower. Mm-hmm. Gets every other move ever. It's kind of one of those ones where like normally I like to point out little things that it has. But given that it's kind of got every move, I feel like it kind of loses some of that. Wait, are you implying that beavers have superpowers? Yes. <laughs> Obviously. They've built a half-mile-long dam. I haven't built a half-mile-long dam. That's true. That's true. Neither have I. That you know of. That I know of. <laughs> but, you know, they kind of get every move. Um, they do get a lot of the tail moves, which I guess because beavers are known for their tail, which they don't. And I'm sorry to tell everyone. Normally use their tail for slapping mud down to build their little houses. And their dams. They uh, mainly use. They'll use the tail for swimming, and they'll slap the water with it as an alarm to uh, mm-hmm. alert their fellow beavers. Uh, Bibberl's base speed is seventy-one. Okay, he's not. He's not slow. I mean, all of his stats are kind of just there. Yeah. Does it learn a steel move? Almost definitely. It gets Iron Tail. It gets Iron Tail. So it also gets Aqua Tail. So both. I mean, I guess it would be Iron. Is there a steel biting move? There's, I don't. No, I mean it'd be Iron Fang if anything, and I, that doesn't exist. There's not. Yeah, I do think it could maybe get Strong Jaw or something like that. Um, I would assume it gets Super Fang and all that. Or like Iron Head. I'm surprised it doesn't get Iron Head. Yeah, it does get Super Fang, um, mm. and Hyper Fang. So yeah, I, I honestly I like Bibberol. You know what? I think I like the actual animal more than the Pokemon version. That's beavers are are pretty pretty cool critters. They're pretty awesome. Why does why on earth does it learn toxic? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have no knowledge of. That's a question for Lucas. I actually it's surprising. Do you ever see beavers in aquariums? Like we see otters. I feel like a beaver would be kind of neat. I've I mean I see them in zoos. You do. I never though. see them in zoos or aquariums. I'm pretty sure I've seen them in a zoo. It's weird because like most of Florida is one of the few spots that like doesn't have beavers. I've seen them, and I know I have not seen a wild beaver. I've seen a couple wild beavers. They're pretty neat. When you see them in the water, because their heads are pretty small, they look tiny, and then they climb out of the water, and they're not tiny. They're just like, it's like that that uh, uh, Shiba Inu meme with, like, the jacked dog. Yes, that's basically how they look. <laughs> All right, well, hit me with your next with your next mon. So, speaking of maybe why beavers aren't in that much of Florida... We have one of my favorite Pokemon and favorite animals. We got Feraligator, the alligator. And real quick, uh, if you haven't listened to Lucas's breakdown of why you do not want your uh, y- your young trainer to have a Totodile slash Feraligator, you should go listen to that starter showdown because it is one of my favorites. It's excellent. 
All right. So tell me about tell me about your your native son alligators, Don. All right. So there is actually one other species of alligator that I think most people don't um, and that's the Chinese alligator. Okay. Um, which is unfortunately not doing quite as hot as the American alligator, and yeah, it's 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 louse of the the Chinese alligators. It's a, it's quite a bit smaller. I think it caps at around seven feet. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the cap for like a really big American alligator is like, you know, 14, 15 feet, but they're, they're a really cool alligator as well. And they are not doing so hot in the wild. So hopefully, hopefully we can keep them around. Yeah. Yeah. So the American alligator though, is like a, it's a prime conservation success story back in 1973, I believe they were one of the first animals listed on the endangered species act. Mm-hmm. They had been decimated from hunting for like many years, but, and then by the 1987, they were actually already removed from the Endangered Species Act, which I guess kind of makes sense. 14 years? That's pretty good, I think. I mean, to be fair, if you, if no one's shooting the alligator, he kind of just gets to be there until he's tired of being there. I think they're one of those ones where once people stop shooting them, they, they bounce back pretty well. But, um, so alligators, like I said, they're really cool. They have, um, one of the few reptiles, actually there's quite a few reptiles that do, but they have really advanced parental care, Mm -hmm. um, where the female alligator will build a nest, um, lay her eggs, and then she'll guard that nest. And then once the babies hatch out, she'll actually carry them to the water and then they'll stick around near for a while. And they have a special little chirp noise, um, to call their mom if they're getting messed with. So if you're out there and about, and you see a little baby gator, well, don't touch any alligators first disclaimer yeah but if you see a little gator and he's got yellow stripes so he's really little and he makes like a weird it's like i don't i don't sound uh that's your clue to move because mom's coming so don't (laughs) stick around if you hear that noise because alligators as a whole um are a lot more sort of laid back around they don't see humans as readily as prey as some crocodilian species do Mm -hmm. female alligators are very protective of their young and of their nests so if you believe you're in an area with young alligators or a nest definitely try to get out of that area i mean you said that if you you hear them make the noise i feel like if you see a a tiny baby alligator you should just leave yeah just kind of keep your keep your wits about you so alligators though um they'll go from texas all the way up to north carolina i think up into virginia even and all Mm -hmm. everywhere in between i think it's about five million of them now with about one and a half one and a quarter million of them are in florida Mm mm-hmm Stay, we're kind of on staying on the semi-aquatic animals right now, I guess. Yeah. But they can hold their breath for up to 24 hours or like close to it, which is crazy. But that's sort of the benefit of being cold-blooded where, you know, nice cold conditions. Like you've seen that. Have you seen the picture of the alligators in like North Carolina through the ice? No, I have not. It was going around a couple of years ago. These alligators, I believe it was North Carolina, during one of the cold snap polar vortexes. Um, they stuck their snouts through the like ice, and the water just sort of froze around their snout, and they just sort of laid there. Oh yeah, yeah, I do, I do remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. So they they're pretty they're pretty cold tolerant for a reptile. Mm. Don, can, can you enlighten me on why are alligators always around golf courses? One, at least in Florida, they're kind of around every single body of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like golf courses are nice because typically the area around a golf course will be maybe a little more developed. Mm-hmm. So one, it's sort of a, maybe there's lesser bodies of water for them to go to right there. So they'll go to a golf course because the golf courses always have water hazards. Yeah. Um, and because there's sort of a decrease in maybe other natural bodies of water in that area due to development, other animals now have to go to those bodies of water. Mm. And um, it's typically a pretty sheltered area good sun around it so they can get out and bask so i feel like they kind of gravitate to them partially probably from pressure people forcing them out of other areas around there through development and then it's just a spot where they'll know they'll have food yeah yeah so yeah alligators they bite things it's kind of what people know for (laughs) i mean if you got you got a snout like that you're going to be biting things yeah oh real quick though speaking about how alligators are a lot smarter than i think people give them clever for at least more crafty um there's been documented cases of alligators approaching island bird nesting sites so one they found that uh wading birds and other birds that nest over water will look for ponds that have alligators because alligator in the pond means it's a lot harder for a raccoon to swim out and raid your nest and then the contrary of that is that alligators have been seen to balance sticks on their noses and go under the nesting bird colonies so the birds looking to build their nests will hopefully fly on down and pick up one of those sticks 
I've seen uh, photos of the 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 twig alligators. Are very, yes. very crafty. They're very crafty, and they do live a very long time. So they've got time to learn. Um, they can live up to eighty years. Mm-hmm. So just about on par with a human. I mean, they have a ridiculous bite pressure. Um, I think the highest one one's been clocked is like twenty nine hundred pounds or pounds per square inch. Mm-hmm. And like to give you a perspective, like a hyena who's like a pretty, I think, high benchmark of yeah bite forces. Yeah. A hyena is around eleven hundred pounds per so, square inch. What, like almost double? Uh, more than double. More than double, think, right? yeah, yeah, more than double. Almost triple. Close. Like a German Shepherd's bite force, to give you like a dog example, is around 238. So it's, 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 it is incredible how strong they can bite. On the Fralgator, though, even though its name is Gator, it actually has a tooth structure um, more reminiscent of a crocodile's. Um, an alligator, one of the ways to tell the difference is the alligator's jaws, only when he's closed, only the top teeth are visible. Oh, so the and with the crocodile, exterior. the top and bottom teeth are visible. So if you look at Fralligator with a closed mouth, um, both directions of teeth are visible. Mm-hmm. But yeah. his name is Fralligator, and I need American animals. Even though we do have an American crocodile, pretty a lot more common in Central and South America, um, only found here in Florida, which is kind of exciting. Florida is the only place that has alligators and crocodiles in the United States. But Fralligator, if you look at the Pokédex entries for him. I mean, he's the strong job po- or the big job Pokemon, so that's mm-hmm. that tracks. Um, he's got cool Godzilla spikes, which I wish alligators had, but they're still cool. Um, it talks about how um, it bites with massive and powerful jaws. It shakes his head and tears its victim up, which is um, very alligators don't chew; they sort of just rip chunks off and kind of flop their heads back. So that's pretty pretty dead on. Um, and it talks about how it moves slowly, but it goes at blinding speed when it attacks its prey. Mm-hmm. Um, alligators are very, they're a classic ambush predator. They'll spend hours pretending to be a log as they sort of drift up on their prey. So he's pretty good. It does talk about, um, there's one, it's it's weird in the same, I think it's Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald have an interesting, or Fire Red and Leaf Green. One talks about how it, um, it's hard to support its weight on all out of water, so it moves on all fours. And another one talks about it running on its thick, powerful hind legs with incredible speed. Yeah. So alligators are pretty quick. They don't run on their hind legs with incredible. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. No. I know. Thank you. Um, now, for alligator has a pretty inter- uh, He has a pretty good breadth of ground moves in its move pool. Is there any sort of like how often are they like be- flopping around in mud? Actually, so alligators, um, there's it's they're actually in, in kind of a beaver parallel. I guess they're kind of like the more scarier beavers of the American South. Um, so alligators will do a t- very cleverly called a gator hole, where um, in drought conditions where the water is getting low, the alligator will sort of snake himself back and forth and dig out um, a bigger, bigger area for himself in like a collapsing body of water. And um, in like dry dry times, these little gator holes can be a crucial source of fresh water to other animals. Mm. So that kind of tracks, and so they'll build their nests as well, and they'll definitely get down sort of in the mud, either to um, escape the cold or to escape extreme temperatures in the other direction. Oh, other cool gator thing: um, their eggs are very sensitive to temperature. Where um, crap, I just forgot which way it goes. Um, but basically, if the eggs are so the sex of the offspring is determined by the temperature of the eggs. And I think it's, what is it? So yeah, temperatures above 23.2 degrees Fahrenheit, 34 Celsius, produce mostly males. Well, below 86 degrees, at or below 86, produce mostly females. And in between, that's sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets mud sport, which kind of fits with the gator. Oh, it doesn't oh get- actually, I kind of like, it does get fake tears. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting because there's the whole myth about the crocodile tears. Yeah. Which what that actually is is alligators don't have this, but crocodiles have a salt gland mm-hmm. to remove excess salt from their bodies, and um, it's kind of like they sort of cry it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, like every now and then you'll see alligators in like a brackish environment, but they really aren't equipped for long forays into salt water. But every now and then you'll see a picture of a gator turnip at a beach or something. Yeah. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Uh, do you have any more alligator bits, or, or are we going to keep this train rolling? Let's keep, let's keep it rolling, okay. I think. Oh, um, yeah, that's that's enough alligators. For Hit now. me with the smelliest entry. All right, so this is honestly, honestly, I blame Looney Tunes. Up until relatively recently, I was under the impression that there were skunks in, like, France. 
Yeah. No, so the skunk, though, so we've got, of course, Stunky and Skunk Tank mm-hmm. are uh, both obviously skunks. Pretty pretty dead on there. Yeah, yeah pretty straightforward. So skunks are members of Mystilidae, which is the weasel family. So that puts them in company with, like, otters, obviously weasels, wolverines, um, other neat, a lot of neat critters in that family. A lot of potential Pokemon in that family, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So they're an omnivore, like a lot of members of that family. They're um, one cool thing with them, I guess, is that they're one of the main predators of honeybees, um, because they have thick fur and thick skin mm-hmm. and large front claws for tearing into stuff. And so they'll really go after that. They'll also, and more, I guess, in a, against the stinging animal with worse PR. They'll also they're also one of the main predators of yellow jackets. Is that because the, the, their fur fur and skin protects them from getting stung? Yes, yes, they'll dig into the underground yellow jacket nests and their their thick fur and skin, um, kind of like same same principle with the bees. Mm. Um, so skunks have an excellent sense of smell, which is kind of ironic, um, and good hearing, but they have very bad eyesight, which results unfortunately with them being hit by cars pretty often, especially because their their response to a threat is to you know hold their skunks will hold their when they're confronted with a threat they'll hold their ground, um, they'll hold their tail up. Sometimes they'll even do like a headstand as a threat display. Um, so all of those don't work on cars, unfortunately. But the skunks, I mean, I'm sure plenty of people have smelled a skunk. Um, it's a uniquely awful smell. Areas where they're pretty thick, you'll like just go down the road and there'll be a roadkill one and you'll smell it like through your car. I've only seen them once or twice out walking around. But I, I um, feel like I've seen a lot in Kentucky and in South Georgia just dead on the side of the road, unfortunately. Yeah. But, and you smell them from a ways off. But they um, they have what's the, called the uh, aposomatic coloring, which is the threatening coloring that specifically stands out of that black and white with the dark stripe and the white, white stripe or the spotted skunks, both of which, like, they really stick out. It's hard to miss a skunk walking around. Yeah. Um, that lets the other predator – so that lets predators know that they're not something to mess with. Um, they actually have very few predators because of that. One of the main ones is the great horn owl because they don't have a sense of smell. Oh, fo- foiled again. Yes, and that sort of their method of predation. Because a lot of predators, like if you're a big, like if you're a mountain lion, mm-hmm. you've got to sneak up on that deer or elk or what you want to eat. So if you smell terrible, yeah, that's kind of going to mess with your mojo there. Yeah. Not to mention it probably affects your own like territory sense and stuff like that. And it might even, there's also, they think too, it can like basically clog up the nostrils that the predator has. So now it's going to have a harder time sniffing out dinner. So all around bad time for predators. Yeah. Um. So they're pretty cool. I mean, they can so a skunk can spray like five or six times in mm-hmm. like a quick succession. Um. But then they take about ten days to sort of recuperate that. How far can a skunk spray? So a skunk can spray. It's like about ten feet. Okay. Pokédex wise, Stunky's not too bad. Um. In terms of, so they say. I thought they had a distance on it. Maybe they don't. Oh, they do. 160 feet. That's, that's, is that for skunk, skunk tank? Oh, yeah. For for skunk? Sk- that's for skunk tank. Yeah, I thought sk- Stunky had like an actual distance that wasn't nearly as ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah, it's about 10 feet, which is not that. I thought so. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, it says hit them from over 16 feet away. So now that's not too crazy. I'm sure like with the right wind, the skunk could get you from there. Yeah. And they mentioned it spreading for over a mile radius. I think um, a skunk can be smelled downwind. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of an inexact thing, but I saw three miles thrown around a lot, which that's that's definitely pretty potent. They said that the, that Stunky's uh, stench lingers for 24 hours, but does a skunk scent go away? I mean, you don't smell like a skunk, um, forever, but like if you don't do anything, how long do you smell? That's a good question. So uh, two to three weeks if you just don't really do stuff. Mm-hmm. As partially the spray, it's very oily, so it's not like water soluble, so it sticks on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen people recommend because there's all the like the folk remedies with tomato juice and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen like peroxide and vinegar together, maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is like the recommended recommended option or some peroxide and detergent. I yeah. think because it's because it's uh, oil based. Yeah, say so something actually. to break up the oil. Yes, and um. It's like a lot of times you'll have people's dogs. Obviously, a dog's curious about a skunk, or they find a dead skunk on the road. Oh uh, yeah. I, I had a, a, I knew a friend growing up. I guess their dog found a dead skunk and then got back in the house through the dog door. Oh no. So that was unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. But they are. Um, so they're just a. I think they're just a really neat animal. Um, they are like exclusive. There is an uh European relative of the skunk called the stink badger, which I sort of just like the name. That's a great name. 
And the abilities I found for Stunky and Skunk Tank were kind of uh so it's got stench and aftermath, both of which are dead on. Mm-hmm. But then it's got keen, keen eye, which is weird because it talks about how yes, yeah, skunks have bad eyesight. Yeah, skunks have bad eyesight, and then it, I I felt dumb because there's one entry I think it's from Platinum. It said that attacks from above confound it, and I was like, that's weird. Why is that? And then I realized it's because his stupid tail. Oh, I was I thought it was maybe also a reference to owls. I mean, maybe, but I think it's more, more so his tail blocking his his up. I, I think that's view. probably the more the cheekier thing. Yeah. Um, other thing with skunks is, um, I guess, more about sk- things eating skunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a great horned owl nest with fifty-seven striped skunks found in it. Ooh, the serial killer of skunks. Yeah, no, it's a pretty impressive. Um, skunk hunter. Pretty impressive. Also, there's quite a few skunk species out there if you look them up. There's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 species of skunks or so that's pretty good that's more than you would have expected yeah. or at least more than i expected i thought you know there's the striped and there's the spotted but there's uh there's quite a few so don give me your best guess why does skun tank get so many fire moves i mean there's like the joke about like lighting farts on fire would be sort of maybe my guess <laughs> that was where my mind went but i wasn't sure if that was real or not also i feel like a lot of poison gas mods maybe it's just the thought of like noxious gases being flammable because muck gets like flamethrower and stuff as well that's true that's true and so does, and so does wheezing mm-hmm. okay yeah i can buy i could buy that in in like the game lore i also like the idea of lighting farts on fire well, I think the the last mon you wanted to talk about, Don, we've actually talked about the real world one uh, in a previous episode. Yeah, this is a quick one because we talked about it. it's been t- it's been in the news. I just kind of wanted to touch on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Ninkata Ninjask and Sortisha Ninja, um, which I think they sort of remind me of a period of Ninjask reminds me of the periodical Cicada. Which yeah, the Brood Ten a lot has been sort of in the news this year. Um, unlike Ninjask, though, Cicadas are terrible flyers. They are very loud. And the Pokédex talks a lot about Ninjas being very loud. Yeah. Um, cicadas can reach 100 decibels, which is very loud. That's very stupid loud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. you've. En- I know you've encountered cicadas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I uh, I was in middle school up in Northern Virginia when Brood X, like, the last time they came about. Other kind of interesting cicada stuff. Uh, so nin- Ninkata says it lives over 10 years underground living on tree roots mm-hmm. um and the periodical cicada there's 13 year and 17 year periodical cicadas both of which spend over t- 10 years underground on tree roots and the periodical cicada it's um, a tactic called uh, predator saturation which you always see in heartbreaking planet earth footage with baby sea turtles but it's basically everybody comes out at once so they can't eat us all it's the old uh the futurama joke uh, I sent uh, wave reset kill limit. I knew you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> wave after wave of my own men till the killbots reach their kill limit and shut down. <laughs> That's exactly how cicadas um function, though. Um, surprisingly, too, the the nymphs. I always in my mind they were way down there. They're usually within two feet of the surface. Yeah, and I kind of see. It also talks about it loving to feed on tree sap, which cicadas will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of get it's cry leaves a headache if heard for too long. That's pretty dead on. Mm-hmm. They're really loud. Um, it also talks about how Ninjask moves so fast and is so loud. People thought it was invisible. Cicadas for being as big. And, I mean, outside of the periodical cicada hatch when they're everywhere. Yeah. They're surprisingly hard to spot when they're like in trees. And they for hurt how just if they obnoxiously you. loud they are. Oh, they're dense. They're yeah. I, I know. Did you do the uh, cicada tacos and all that? I did not, but I've been hit in the face by them, by them flying, not like being thrown at me. Honestly, I have got to say, I feel like I like a lot of um, ninjasks and ninkata's move pool. You got screech, which is key. Um, it's got snore, which you could argue because they're kind of sleeping, but they're not. It's got dig. It's got dig, absorb. Dig, dig is a great addition for the for this line. Yep, it's got mud slap because they some um, sometimes cicadas will the nymphs coming out will build little mud chimneys on their way up, mm-hmm. and no one's entirely sure why, from what I've gathered. But it's just kind of kind of fun. Cicada secret. Cicada secret. All right. Well, we've hit quite a few, Don, and I think we're all out for this episode because we got to save some for next year's Fourth of July episode. Absolutely. 
and I need to go to bed. Well, let's uh, let's head to the wrap up. Don, thank you for for coordinating this wonderful episode into some of our uh, awesome little uh, North American critters. I think it was these ones are always fun because we don't really get to see a lot of the wildlife, at least in the like uh, in in the main cities in America, like. I typically see like deers and bunnies and I don't really think that there's like that appreciation for like the local fauna. Yeah, really. That's something to me. I mean, so I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of like, there's a lot of really cool native animals. And I think it's one of those sort of grass is always greener scenarios where everyone's always looking, you know, at your lions or your crocodiles or your clownfish or your other things that we don't have here. Or your um, red stags. Or your reds? Yes, I, I. We didn't talk about Sawsbuck because I didn't want to do another deer rant this soon, <laughs> but it'll come. Um, yeah, so it's just. But there's a lot of really cool animals in your backyard. Just scope out. I know some of our listeners are not from the U.S., and um, I apologize that this these ones aren't your backyard animals. But I bet we'll talk about your backyard animals too. Yeah. At some point, but go out there and appreciate stuff around you. Yeah. There's some cool, there's some cool critters out there. I mean, how crazy are beavers though? For real, I apologize for the beavers. Beavers are, beavers are insane. Like if you just describe someone, yeah. So there's this thing. It's like a rat, but not, and it's like 80 pounds, and it cuts down trees and builds dams to change its rivers. It's, yeah. It sounds like a made-up animal. It's a six. It's like a Harry Potter rat. animal. Yeah. No, beavers are beavers are one of those like what are you talking about creatures? Yeah. They got they got iron teeth. Oh, they have. Yeah, metal teeth. Oh, no, yeah, beavers are crazy. But, listeners, thank you again for, for joining us for another episode. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. Our community continues to grow, and uh, and part of that is is you all continuing to listen and and support our show. So thank you so much. A great way to uh, help, help grow the show is to leave a review for us in your podcasting app of choice. Um, we've been getting a lot of really wonderful reviews. We all love seeing them. Uh, and, and some great, great show ideas that we can look at in the future. We, we really appreciate those and the time it takes to fill those out. And if you haven't done so and would like to, we would really appreciate it and, and kind of get your thoughts on, on what we're doing and, and how we can be better. Also, yeah, absolutely, though, on the viewer um, suggestions or I guess listener suggestions for topics. Um, we've, we've had a lot of great like listener inspired episodes before and sometimes just just that, that outside idea that like none of us were thinking about that just as soon as it's suggested makes a ton of sense. So definitely yeah. don't hesitate to toss them our way. I know Lucas is very oh. excited to talk about um, the man-made ones like Porygon. Yes. Oh, unrelated to that, I should have put it in Pokemon news. I screwed up my registration for Players Cup 4, but I want to give a shout out to my buddy Sohib who went 9-0 and through Swiss. Woo. Um, so hopefully let's see him go undefeated all the way to the top. Yeah. And then maybe also my buddy be, Arsenal top who top cut as well. Shout out to him. Maybe this will be the last Players Cup, and we'll get in person ones. Hopefully. And then I'll drive to Florida, and you can show me the ways of Come BGC. on down. <laughs> Do the Lucas method of click big number. <laughs> hey, he made top cut with big number. He did. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you again, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Have a wonderful holiday weekend, and we'll see you next time. Don't blow your fingers off. Mm-hmm.